comforter. We don't let our hearts be troubled. Amen? Amen. You turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. There's a place on the uh, back of your bulletin that is blank, and uh, your pen is clean in front of you, so you can take your pen um, and, uh, and take some notes here, and then hopefully you have your uh, poem nearby, and uh, we're going to dive into God's Word this morning. Usually at this time, there's a, a scripture reader that's up here reading, but since it's just one scripture today, I will be your scripture reader. Here we go. So, Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse uh, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his, this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that our suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though, through a, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God, God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through death of his son, how much more have, not, have been reconciled, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now received reconciliation. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is in season and out. Um, And God, I pray that your word would speak life to us today. And um, Lord, as we look at your cross and all that it provided for us, um, may we rejoice in that this morning and know your closeness to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking about maybe uh, changing today's message with everything that was going on, and and that's honestly what I do uh, throughout the week as I pray, God, what do you want to speak through your word to your people? And I believe that uh, this message is for this moment. So I want to look at uh, Romans chapter 5, if you could just take your Bibles out and, and look at it and, and, and have it open as we walk through it. And the very first word I read, the very first word in that paragraph, the very first word in that first verse is therefore. Anytime you're studying God's word or interpreting God's word, if you see a therefore, you have to check what it's there for. So you have to back up a little bit. You have to go back into chapter 4 and see what is Paul saying. And he's saying that, that we have faith in the death and resurrection of Christ, that we put our faith in Christ, and when we do that, we are justified. Justified means just as if I'd never sinned. We have the, the cleansing of our sin because of the cross, and then Paul goes on in this chapter to tell all of the blessings that we have in our salvation. 
And I want to say this today, that our blessings aren't just for someday when we get to heaven. Our blessings are for right now as well. That God has abundant life for you and me. It's not just heaven, it's so much more. These are real life blessings, real life benefits for you and me right now and forever and in the good days and the difficult days. And so what are these blessings? I'm going to have you write these down as we walk through them. The first one is peace with God. Peace with God. It says in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. We have peace with God. If you try to do things on your own, you try to live your life your own way, if you don't submit to the cross, if you say, okay, God, I'm, I'm just going to go my way, guess what? The Bible says that we're at enmity with God. What that means is that we are on the opposite side of God. We are picking a fight with God. If we say, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to go with what the world says. I'm going to go in a different way than you, God. You're, you're actually declaring war on God and his word. We don't want to do that, right? It says in James 4, 4, do you not know the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of this world becomes an enemy of God. I do not want to live on the opposite side of God. I don't want to live in opposition to God. I want to be close to God. And the only way I can get close to God is through the cross. What he did for me, what he did for you, that work, that love, I have to embrace that. And when I do, I'm at peace with God. When I come to Jesus through the cross, when I come to God with the righteousness of Jesus, I'm at peace with God. I am connected to God. I receive the blessings of God in my life if I come through the cross. The second benefit is access to God. It says in verse 2, through whom we've gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn in two. The veil was the, the thick uh, curtain that was between the, the holy place and the holy of holies. The holy of holies is where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was where the presence of God was. And, but once a year, uh, the high priest could go in and make a sacrifice. But, but even that was dangerous. That was scary. Even for one person to go in. And now when Jesus died on the cross... The veil tore from the top to the bottom. And God says, now it won't just be one person walking through the door. Everyone has access to me. That's what God did through the cross. That's what Jesus did by sacrificing himself for you and me. What's important about that is we have to realize that that now gives us access to God. That, that when it comes to seeing a king, you don't just get to walk into the king's presence, right? No one can just walk into a king's presence. But you know who could walk into a king's presence is, is a child. Their child could come. Hey, I bet you if you wanted to go to, to some big CEO, you know, and you wanted to knock on door again in their office, I'm, I'm pretty sure security would drag you out. But if their child came and knocked on the door, they'd be let right in. If you wanted to go to the Oval Office, I bet you there would be a lot of stops before you got there, and, uh, and that's just how it is. 
But one of the most iconic pictures of the Oval Office that we have is this one. When John John was hiding in the desk of JFK. And that's a picture of this access to God. No one else can walk into the Oval Office, but the child can. Listen, when it comes to God, you are his son, you are his daughter, and you can walk into his presence any time. You can come and you can pray and you can pour your heart out. You can play. You can be there. Because he says, look, you have access now through the cross. See, that's what we have when we come to Christ through the cross. The next thing we have, the benefit, the blessing, is this glorious hope. And in verse 2, it says, Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. When we're left to ourselves, we are lost in our sin. We have nothing to boast about in and of ourselves because we fall short of the glory of God. If we're going to do this by ourselves, there's no hope. There's absolutely no hope. But because of what Christ did for us on the cross, we have his righteousness. We are seated with him in glory. And now, guess what? We have joy. We have confidence. We have hope because of what Christ did for us. And so that's another benefit, another blessing of coming to God through the cross. The next is God's amazing love. If you look at verse 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now I want us to, to pause here for just a moment and realize what this verse is telling us. This verse is pointing us to the heart of God. And I want you to get this today. This is so important. I want you to know that God loves everybody. He doesn't hate anybody. God loves everybody. For God so loved the world. This verse tells us that God loved us even when we hated him. God loved us even when we were lost in our sin. God loved us even when we ignored him or didn't know him or anything about him. God still loved us. God has always loved us. He loves you. He loves everyone. I want to make that crystal clear. This verse tells us that God loved everyone and he proved that love by sending Jesus to die on a cross for the sin of all mankind. And so God poured out his love through Christ on the cross and listen, if God loved us before we ever knew him, when we hated him, when we rejected him, when we were lost in sin, and now we're his child, how much more? How abundantly does God love us? How much more secure should we be knowing that God loves us? That nothing can separate us from his love. He's always loved us. He always will love us. And now we are his children. We're his children because of the cross. The next one is reconciliation with God. In verse 11 it says, So now we can rejoice in this wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. I love this. With the cross, you're not an enemy of God. 
You don't want to be an enemy of God, but sometimes we live our life that way. But, but we were saved from wrath. We were brought back into relationship with God through the cross. And because of the cross, listen, you and I are friends of God. Isn't that amazing? You and I are friends of God. You are his son, you are his daughter, you're his child. He loves you, he always has. And now you're friends. It's all come together because of the cross. Because of what Jesus did for you. Because of his love for you. These all are amazing blessings that we receive because of the cross. If you have your Bibles open and you are following along with me, you'll notice that I missed some verses in the middle. And those verses in the middle were about suffering. I told you about some pretty amazing things so far, right? We've talked about all the good things we have in God but there's a part about suffering. Paul talks about suffering in this passage of Scripture, and there's actually blessing that comes in suffering, if you can imagine that. I can't think of a person in our congregation that we prayed more for the past couple years than, than Dr. Paul Allen. Over the last number of years of, of both Paul and Eileen, we have stood with them in prayer. We have believed God. We have seen miracles, but we've also watched a lot of suffering. And to say that they've been through a lot is, is probably an, an, an understatement. But in their suffering, God has produced an amazing and beautiful gift, an amazing blessing through their suffering. And I actually asked Paul if he'd be willing to share that with us, part of his story in that poem that he wrote. And so, uh, Paul, would you come and, and, uh, and share? Would you welcome Dr. Paul Allen as he comes to tell his story of suffering? Thank you very much. Well, suffering is something that uh, it's not just one or two of us that have been introduced to it. If I were to interview the congregation, I could find many, many stories of suffering that would equal to or surpass what we've been through. And I've heard some of those stories. Sometimes I hear those People talk about what they go through, and I read stories about what others go through, and I think, I, there's no way in the world I could, I could endure that. How do they do that as a family? And I think about, and I look at my own life, and I say, this is, this is a piece of cake compared to that. But the fact is, and what Pastor Darrell is referring to, is that, that uh, stuff happens. It just does. We live in a broken, fallen world. It'll be restored one day, but we're not at that day. Not yet. We live in a fallen place, and our bodies are not perfect. We live in a, in a, in a realm where there are cross currents and winds blowing contrary to the way that we, God wants us to go. And when we push in one direction, we're knocked down going another direction. But the beauty of it all is that God is with us through it all. And that from beginning to end, we can have that confidence that, that God himself 
is walking through us with these situations. And I think about, you know, stuff happens. It's those unexpected things that happen in life. You know, we're not, we don't know when those unexpected things are going to happen. We don't go to school and learn how to discern when that thing that we never even dreamed about comes and visits us on our doorstep. But those things do happen, the suddenlies of life. There are the suddenlies that are good things, blessings that we all love and want to have an abundance of. But there are also more than our fair, more than what we would want to have of those suddenlies that bring to us heartache and difficulty and trouble and pain. Those things are the ones that are most difficult to work through. But those are the things that we, if we will look at them, can become a gift to us as suffering did to the Apostle Paul. In Galatians 2.20, the Apostle Paul writes out of his own experience with God, and he says, I am crucified with Christ. That wasn't just a statement of theory. It was fact as far as Paul was concerned. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but it is Christ that lives in me. And it is that is the end point. That is the... That is the destination that God is wanting to take us to so that in our suffering, we just don't experience, we don't just experience the, the pain of being broken, but we, that brokenness can actually lead us to a place of breakthrough. And that, that place of breakthrough isn't just a place that we visit once in a while, but that the place of breakthrough becomes the place where we dwell and live and have, move and have our being. That place of breakthrough ought to be a place of permanent habitation so that we are living in the realm of the breakthrough, the realm of the impossible, the realm of heaven having invaded and taken possession of earth, and that wherever we are, whenever we are, whatever we are, we're going to find that heaven is our ally, heaven is our resource, heaven is our hope, heaven is our life, heaven is our strength. Not just at one time during our life, but at all times during our life. But sometimes we've got to get, to, we've got to let the Lord do that. And, I've, and I think about what we've been through. Five or six years, we've been through a lot of trials and tribulations, Eileen and I. And I, I think she more than I, and I look at what she's been through, and I say, I don't, you know, I just think, God, you have given her grace that, that's difficult to understand, but she rises above it and lives in a spirit of victory and faith that's an inspiration to me and to so many others. My own journey, you say, a year and a half ago in um, fall of, uh, of 2018, found that uh, diagnosed with uh, bladder cancer, with muscle-invasive bladder cancer, that's, you don't want that. It's, it requires radical treatment. So that began a process of hospitalizations, diagnosis, surgeries, chemotherapy, radical surgery, multiple rehospitalizations for complications, and following all of that recovery, a detached retina that kept me housebound for about two and a half months, and then over, over the Christmas holidays, just now four hospitalizations since Christmas. And all of that, I can tell you that God has been a strength through it all. And back when this whole thing started is when I discovered that God was doing something unique. 
I found myself the recipient of, of poems, of messages in poetic form. I'm not a poet. I've not been a poet, shall I say. It's not my, my training, not my education. But it came to me unbidden. I didn't ask for it. But it was given to me, and I realized what was happening, and, and, I, and I, be, I began to get these words from God, and I knew that, that they, I would need to get them down onto paper and find a way to make that connection. So what do you do when those things happen? When the bad things start to happen in your life, you have a choice. You can move, you can push away from God, or you can press into God. But if you push away from God, you're going to find yourself in a place of isolation. You're going to find yourself in a place of frustration. If you're looking for an explanation for why you are in that place of isolation, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to find yourself overwhelmed with frustration. So press in the other direction. Go in the direction of God. Press into that place that looks like it's only dark. Press, press into that darkness because I guarantee you on the other side of that darkness is the brightest light of day that you have ever seen. On the other side of that impossibility is the, is the possibility of God that is just screaming to break through. It's only a veil away. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, that veil was rent from top to bottom. And that impossible, the realm of the impossible becomes our place of habitation if we will simply press in in faith and, and, and enter in. You know, we need to look at ourselves differently than we often allow ourselves to think about ourselves. When the angel appeared to Mary, he said, Thou highly favored of God. I don't think she sat around all day thinking of herself as highly favored. But that's what he said about her. When the Lord appeared to Gideon in an angel and called him, he said, Oh, mighty warrior. He was a farmer. He didn't think of himself as a mighty warrior. God thinks God has an opinion of us. It's not an opinion. He has an idea of who we are that's radically different than the thoughts that course through our minds day in and day out. And what we must do is learn to listen what the heaven is speaking into our lives because God only speaks what is established truth. What he says shall be. And if he tells you, you're a mighty warrior, it is because it is written in heaven and records are kept that you are a mighty warrior for God and you will do mighty exploits for God and you will, do a, you will be a mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. And that's the person we're meant to be. I'm going to read a poem called The Crimson Line. And it has to do with the blood of Christ and suffering. You'll see a timestamp at the top of the page. Why that? Because that's pretty much the date when I got the inspiration. I have over 50 works of poetry, 150 pages perhaps. Some as long as 10, 12, 14 pages, others as short as one, most many between two and four. 
But all of them I felt were given by God with a purpose in mind. I felt like they were given to re often to reveal what we conceal and then to take us to a place of healing. And poetry has a way of getting through the cracks and behind our defenses to speak to us in a way that, that prose often does not. The crimson line. The world teeters on the verge, on the edge of a precipice, a crisis point, hurtling forward and unable to break its own momentum. Like a wandering star sucked into the vortex of a black hole, unable to overcome gravity's pull. But there is an important difference. Our world is being dragged down by the weight of its own confusion and sin. The destinies of nations and peoples and tongues all hang in the balance. The Lord can be heard saying, the time is at hand when it will not be possible any longer to sit on the fence of indecision regarding whether to follow me or not. You'll be forced to decide and do so publicly if you will stand with Christ or not. The synergistic effects of the movement of history and the confluence of gathering spiritual forces, both of light and of darkness, converging and interacting, have created this present-day reality that is now forcing all people everywhere to decide on which side of the line they will stand. You're all in or all out. There is no middle ground. What is the line, you ask? It is the line that was drawn across the cosmos by the finger of God a finger dipped in the blood of Christ. It is a red line, a crimson line, that crosses every person's path, a line that reminds us that we must ultimately make the decision that will determine on which side of his story he will find us standing when that time comes. It must have been a bad dream that tormented me last night, but when I woke this morning, there was nothing to give fright. There I saw a crimson line whose glow was very, very bright and footprints left by someone who remained just out of sight. Then I heard a voice declare, you're kept safe by heaven's light. What is this crimson line now drawn across the cosmos and through time? A small child in mother's arms smiles contentedly with trust until the mother falls struck by her husband drunk with lust. The child thrown into the air cries in fear, her trust now crushed. This child fragile grows alone without smiles, all now is rust. Where was the crimson line when t'was needed most? Is that just? What is this crimson line now drawn across the cosmos and through time? A child wrapped in crimson cloth I see by heaven's vision, held in loving arms of one called Savior who has risen. Surrounded by little ones, brought early, out of season. Spared unspeakable things, their justice will come in season. To restore their trust and smiles, by his love was his reason. What is this crimson line now drawn across the cosmos and through time? His children infinite love conceived, in them his heart imparted. Tears bled when trust betrayed and innocence feared it started. They took a liar's tale as truth, then his presence parted. Darkness would now crawl, its judgment already started. But the crimson cord, once bled, restores the brokenhearted. What is this crimson line now drawn across the cosmos and through time? 
This crimson line was drawn through time and in every place, born out of judgment with the promise of a Savior's grace. Speaks of the sinless human one who took in death our place, who by his blood our ransom paid his wounds for our disgrace. Twas love stained red that defeated death and saved Adam's race. What is this crimson line now drawn across the cosmos and through time? This is salvation's line that with his righteous blood was drawn, except now the Savior before that line must be withdrawn, except now the Savior who came in love and rose at dawn, who saves children lost too early, and sinners' hate has spawned. The power of his blood will save them, their sin now all gone. Jesus was drawn, has drawn the crimson line. Now believe while still there's time. And my prayer is that we might stand together, having crossed that crimson line, having accepted the Savior who took our place, removed our disgrace, and has given us the privilege of seeing his face. And this is my prayer, and I believe it's God's desire for each one of us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Paul, for sharing and, and um, all the benefits, they come through the cross, only through the cross of Christ. And some of the um, benefits that come in our life come through suffering. I think of um, all that Paul's been through with cancer and his eyes and his heart and all the things being, like, like you just said, hospitalized four times since Christmas and and yet, through this suffering, God has given him this gift, a gift that he didn't have before. I, I've always appreciated uh, whenever uh, Paul has shared from the pulpit or, or shared a word of the Lord uh, in a service or a prayer time, it's just he's always spoken with authority. But I, I noticed in these last couple of years, he would give a word, maybe in a prayer meeting, and everything would rhyme in the, in the word. And I'm like, How? it was like Dr. Seuss was giving a prophetic word. And I'm like, and, and uh, so he said, Paul, how's this? And he, said, he goes, God's giving me these poems. He's just giving them to me. And uh, now how many have you written? Over 50 um, and, and full length and beautiful. And he's come to my office and he's read them to me. And they're just so powerful. And I believe they're going to speak to so many, even beyond his generation to further generations as we put them in print. Because... Because God said, I'm going to do something through your suffering. I have a message to give through your suffering that you've gone through. And, and sometimes that's how God uses us. I think of Paul. Uh, not Dr. Paul. Paul the Apostle Paul. Um, who said in, in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ. And I think about, um, I think about that. If anybody knew Christ, it was Paul, Right? He says, I want to know him. I want to, I, want to, I want to share in his sufferings. Well, Paul, you suffered a lot. You know, you think about this because God births something sometimes in the suffering in our life. And even when we go through things in these days in which we live, listen to me, God's birthed something great inside of you during these times. That's when we put our trust in the Lord, our hope in the Lord. That's why we, we, we don't push away, but we press in. I love, that, I love that Paul didn't 
pressed away from God when cancer came and heart trouble and, and, and Eileen with all the things with kidneys and all. It's that they pressed in and God did something beautiful. Everything we've talked about today, even the blessing through suffering, it all comes through the cross and this is the season the season of the cross as we march toward Good Friday and toward Resurrection Sunday. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me today and just quietly, and I know we're spread out so you can do this, I just want you to have a moment with God to realize that everything we've talked about, the access, the love, the hope, everything, reconciliation, it doesn't happen on its own. It happens through the cross of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came to die on a cross for your sin. He loved you that much. He said it is finished on the cross. That it is paid in full. That you have hope. That you have power. That you have victory over sin. That you do not belong to sin. But you belong to him when you receive what Jesus did for you on the cross. That's where we put our faith. We don't put our faith in this world. We don't put our, our faith in what we have. We put our faith in Jesus and the cross. And so I'm going to ask you to do that today with your head bowed and your eyes closed to, to once again make that declaration that my faith is in the cross of Jesus Christ, in the blood that was shed for us. And I'm going to ask you to, to, to pray this prayer, to repeat this prayer after me. And you may be here in our sanctuary, you may be watching online, you may be listening to this later, but I'm going to ask you to out loud say this prayer and to surrender your life to Jesus. Repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I pray that we would press into the cross this season. That we would press into your presence, into your love, uh, into our friendship with you, our relationship with you. That we would press through the suffering, we would press through whatever we're facing, and we would, we would draw near to you, God. Lord, that we would receive the blessings of the cross, even blessings in the midst of sufferings. God, that we would walk in all of that, and Lord, that we especially would walk in your love that we would know your love, that we would share your love, that we would share the message and the privilege and, and the blessings and the benefits of the cross with everybody that we meet. God, thank you that we are your children. Thank you that we're your friends. And thank you that you love us so much. And thank you, God, that this week you're going to take really good care of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer... God loved you before you prayed, but after you prayed, he started a party in heaven because he's really happy. He loves you so much. And on each side of the altar up here is a bag. It's got a Bible in there, a devotional, what it means to follow Jesus. Take one, they're free. If you're watching online and prayed that prayer, just, just email us. Let us know. We'll send you one. But um, no better decision than to follow Jesus. We follow him. 
and we reap the benefits of what he's done for us. So walk in those benefits. Don't just push them aside. Walk in them because you have access to God. You can pray about anything this week. And, and uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some things here.